welcome to the Word on Wednesday podcast for March 16. My name is John Mason. Thank you for joining us. With a continued missile onslaught on the cities of Ukraine, we feel the pain and suffering and the loss of life. Why this evil and suffering in this 21st century, we ask? In his 1940s book, The Problem of Pain, C.S. Lewis considers the question of pain and suffering from the perspective of the meaning and purpose of life. He comments, If the first and lowest operation of pain shatters the illusion that all is well, the second shatters the illusion that what we have, whether good or bad in itself, is our own and enough for us. Everyone has noticed how hard it is to turn our thoughts to God when everything is going well with us. We have all we want is a terrible saying when all does not include God. We find God an interruption. As St. Augustine says somewhere, God wants to give us something but cannot because our hands are full. There's nowhere for him to put it. Luke chapter 13 Verses 1 through 9. At that very time, there were some present who told him about the Galileans, whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. He asked them, Do you think that because these Galileans suffered in this way, they were worse sinners than all other Galileans? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all perish as they did. Are those eighteen who were killed when the Tower of Siloam fell on them? Do you think that they were worse offenders than all others living in Jerusalem? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you all will perish just as they did. Then he told this parable. A man had a fig tree planted in a vineyard, and he came looking for fruit on it, and found none. So he said to the gardener, See here, for three years I have come looking for fruit on this fig tree, and still I find none. Cut it down. Why should it be wasting soil? He replied, Sir, let it alone for one more year until I dig around it and put manure on it. If it bears fruit next year, well and good, but if not, you can cut it down. In the opening lines of Luke chapter 13, we read Jesus' comments about an evil that Pilate, the Roman governor in Judea, had perpetrated. He had mingled the blood of some Galileans with the Jewish sacrifices, perhaps at Passover time. While the event is not documented elsewhere, we know from Josephus that the Galileans tended to aggravate the Roman rulers and that they in turn responded harshly to any form of opposition. Jesus' words are tough. Do you think that because these Galileans suffered in this way, They were worse sinners than all other Galileans, he asked. No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all perish as they did. Be warned, Jesus is saying, all men and women are out of step with their Maker. And so too is planet Earth. Certainly every volcano and flood, every conflict and war, are testimony to that. Life as we know it is unpredictable and fleeting. We need to wake up and turn back to God while we have time. To ignore Jesus is to head towards a fate even more tragic than that of those Galileans, 
for we will be exposing ourselves to the second death, of which Jesus speaks in Luke chapter 12, verses 4 and 5. If we wake up to the critical times in which we live, we can turn to God and ask for His grace to live our lives in harmony with Him. C.S. Lewis also observes, Pain is not only immediately recognisable evil, but evil impossible to ignore. We can rest contentedly in our sins and in our stupidities. And anyone who has watched gluttons shoveling down the most exquisite foods as if they did not know what they were eating, will admit that we can ignore even pleasure, but pain insists upon being attended to. God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks in our conscience, but shouts in our pain. It is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. Jesus pointed out that the choice we have is not only difficult and vital, but is also urgent. He takes up this theme in a parable he tells, in verses 6 through 9. Gardeners know how easy it is to pull out an unproductive plant. However, wise gardeners will curb their impatience and wait. They will feed the plant, prune it, perhaps even cut some of the roots to stimulate it. Only when they find their careful endeavours are to no avail will they cut it down. Let it alone for one more year, we read in Jesus' parable, until I dig around it and put manure on it. If it bears fruit next year, well and good. But if not, you can cut it down. Many years ago, I was involved in setting up a new school. Two or three large eucalyptus trees in the grounds were dying because of a prolonged drought. After digging around the tree roots, we set sprinklers every evening. As the water soaked into the ground, the trees began to regenerate and produce new growth. The vineyard in Jesus' parable sometimes symbolised the people of Israel. However, while Jesus would have had in mind the people of Israel, his application is more general. He's reminding everyone of two themes that he develops in his teaching. A final day when God will call everyone to account for their relationship with him that we find in the first commandment. And secondly, God's delay in the timing of that day. Jesus doesn't want us to confuse God's patience with indifference. God's non-intervention in times of evident evil doesn't mean that he is indifferent. Rather, because he is extraordinarily patient, he exercises great self-control and chooses to wait. Yes, there are times when we may be tempted to think that Jesus will never return. He tells this parable to reassure us that he will. Two critical events would shortly touch the lives of his hearers. First, Jesus' crucifixion and resurrection. Second, in 70 AD, the fall of Jerusalem that he predicts in Luke chapter 21, verses 20 through 24. In Luke chapter 13, Jesus says there would be a third crisis yet to come that would affect the whole world, his return. For centuries, 
The Jewish people had been waiting for the dawn of the age of the Messiah. Well, Jesus is saying, it is here. You are standing on the threshold of the new age, the edge of eternity. So Jesus asks us today, how is it that you do not see the signs of the times in which you live? None of us can predict the future, but we can be assured that Jesus will return. His second coming will be very different from his first. It will not be a small, silent event, seen only by a few, but will come with great fanfare to be seen by everyone. If we're tempted to doubt Jesus' words, we should note that the first two of his predictions have occurred. So let me pray. Almighty God, we confess that we have no power of ourselves to help ourselves. Keep us outwardly in our bodies and inwardly in our souls so that we may be defended from all adversities that may happen to the body and from all evil thoughts that may assault and hurt the soul. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.
God of the nations, whose kingdom rules over all, have mercy on our broken and divided world, and especially upon the people of Ukraine at this time. Shed abroad your peace in the hearts of all men and women, and banish from them the spirit that makes for war. Sovereign Lord, direct and govern the leaders of the nations. Especially we pray for the leaders in the United States, the United Kingdom, Ukraine, Russia and China. Give them the will and the wisdom to resolve tension and conflict, so that all people may live in justice and peace. We ask this so that all races and people may learn to live as members of one people and in obedience to your laws, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And a prayer for those in need. Almighty God, we commend to your fatherly goodness all who are in any way afflicted or distressed, especially those who suffer and grieve in this time of unprovoked war in Ukraine. We also pray for those who are known to us. May it please you to comfort and relieve them according to their needs, giving them patience in their sufferings and our happy issue out of all their afflictions. All this we ask for the sake of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you and remain with you always. Amen. People involved in today's podcast are John Mason, speaker and writer, and Carol McCormick, a member of Emmanuel Anglican Church, New York City. Prayers are from an Australian prayer book, 1978, and the opening and concluding music is from St. Andrew's Cathedral, Sydney. The hymn, Holy, 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 is sung by the Cathedral Chamber Choir under the direction of Ross Cobb. Please let us know if you have a question or a comment about this podcast. We'd love to hear from you.